guy, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3 Sports. Uh, we are just moments away right now from the Longhorns, uh, get, potentially getting announcement from Zena Umiozulu, a defensive end out of uh, Allen, Texas. He is the younger brother, of course, of Neto Umiozulu. Uh, the offensive guard that stepped in for Hayden Connor and DJ Campbell on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jerry, this could be commitment number 17 for the Longhorns. Texas currently standing at 18 overall with 16 verbal commitments. Yeah, the, the interesting thing here when you get into class rankings, guys, is Texas has the number 18 ranked class in the on three rankings. That right now includes punter Michael Kern who's the lowest of three stars you get in the rec recruiting uh, rankings these days. So Texas technically, I believe, will get to replace, um, if Zena goes to Texas here in five, ten minutes, gets to replace the punter in the class. That'll be interesting because that means Texas can move up two or three spots potentially in the class rankings. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but that is the way it looks right now. I believe there's, I'm, I'm going to ch double check right now. The commitments, average number of commitments using a ranking score is 16. So right now, Texas has a number 18 ranked class with a 90.06 average. If you take away a 80.3 grade and add a 91 grade, then suddenly you're going to jump uh, a decent amount. So Texas is probably going to be fifth round 16, 15 or 16 in the class rankings, assume, assuming Zena goes to Texas. All right. Our Justin Wells is on site at Allen High School. Uh, Matt, he just sent a picture in with Zena before the ceremony. Check your uh, check your uh, email or, and or phone there. I don't know exactly where he sent it to, but uh, we should have a photo of, of Zena here before the announcement coming up as well. Uh, Jerry, uh, the interesting thing for me here is his move from defensive end to middle linebacker as a senior. That is an odd move for any high schooler, uh, but from his stats and what I'm reading, his stats that you wrote down earlier today, those are pretty impressive stats for the move. What's What are you hearing? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I think it's interesting. One, it tells you Zena will do whatever it takes his coaches ask him to do, which is a great thing at a young age, right? Uh, that's the, uh, that, that's the, uh, upside to that. The downside is it sets him back as an edge guy is for development because he's not playing edge this year. Right. So he's playing, uh, from a two foot stance in the middle linebacker all season. He's not playing on the edge and continuing the rep and rep and rep as an edge prospect, but it tells you a lot about how coachable he is, how much he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Um, he had 46 tackles as a sophomore, uh, six sacks. He came back as a junior with 43 tackles, eight quarterback hurries, and three sacks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his production is at linebacker this year uh, for Allen. So um, somebody's just saying Zena's frame is better than Collins. But Zena has a inch and a half shorter version Ethan Burke type of frame. I mean, maybe thicker, but I mean, Ethan Burke one day will probably be 6'7", 275, 280, right, Bobby? He's 260 right now. I could see Zena being 6'5", 270, 275 one day. He's probably 6'4 and a half, 225 right now, uh, where Colin Simmons is a 6'2 and three-quarter guy, 225 pounds that will carry 250 pounds and be absolutely rocked up, blasting off the edge like Von Miller, Robert Mathis, some of those guys. <laughs> but, hey, somebody's <laughs> asking about beef jerky. Hey, guys, I'm running low in the old Robertson. <laughs> I got a trip to make in two weeks now. I'm, I'm heading east. 
Going to New Orleans, Sarah Land. Talk to the Lacey family today. I'm going to Sarah Land. Going to see DeAndre Robinson, IMG, some 2025 D linemen in Florida. So uh, Loves is going to – I'm going to be making a pit stop at Loves coming up. <laughs> hey, Jerry, uh, you just mentioned KJ Lacey. Is he going to the Alabama game this week with Texas? Uh, what's what's the latest on the uh, our junior quarterback now at Sarah Land that's committed to Texas and Alabama? Yeah, I spoke with a family member today. So the story I put on Inside Texas, you can go get that on Inside Texas. We have a great promo running right now, which Bobby will get into. Uh, but there, there was two things. One, one, Texas fans have been asking, there's Zena, uh, been asking if he's uh, injured. No, there's not a, a Florida State hat in that bag. He did not pull a big switcheroo after the big win over LSU or anything. Um, <laughs> so... But here's the thing with KJ. People ask, did he get hurt against Murphy? Because he, he left in the first half, didn't play the second half. It was a blowout game, uh, 54-6. It was a game they knew they were going to win. He played the first half, went 6-10 for 100 yards with a couple of touchdowns. He's perfectly healthy. He will be, him and his family will be at Alabama with about everybody else uh, that's a top prospect on Saturday for the Texas-Alabama game. He'll be there with Ryan Williams, a teammate, the 2025 receiver uh, that's committed to Bama. It's somebody in the – uh, Lacey family that today did predict he ends up in the 2024 class, but it'll be late uh, to get it done. And then uh, Antonio Coleman, four-star uh, 2025 D lineman from Sarah Land, who Texas has offered and is working to get on campus. Um, he will be, uh, he'll be there as well. So a lot of the, the top Sarah Land guys will be there with their families. Uh, the other thing was the uh, Lacey family. They don't know exactly when KJ's coming back this year for a game, but they do plan to get back for a game. They're kind of working that out. And AJ Milwee will be, uh, there in Sarah Land to watch KJ during the uh, off week for Texas, which is October 13th. So I, I imagine Sark may be at that game as well, guys. Yeah, that's not that would not be unlikely. Hey, Jerry, I'm, I've got Zena's stats for the season as we go back to that. I, well, that's wrong. I okay. edited that. I think. Okay. So what, did you have? what 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 is it exactly? Well, I don't have stats for him through two games this year. Okay, it, got it. Stats are 46 tackles as a sophomore, 43 tackles as a junior. I got you. Those yeah. were last year. Okay, got no, it. That was last year's stats. Hey, okay. from City Bell, Argentina, man. Wow. <laughs> we're worldwide, Jerry. That's Actually, awesome. you know what? It's not us. It's, to be fair, it's it's the Longhorns that are worldwide. That's the right? Longhorns are world, worldwide brand. <laughs> Including at Allen High School right now, uh, Justin Wells on the scene uh, for the announcement of Zena Umiozulu, uh, the younger brother of Neto Umiozulu. As you can see by the three hats on the table there, Jerry, A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma, those were the ones that we expected it to be down to, and it uh, appears that those are indeed the teams. Zena, like his brother Neto, has kept his kept his uh, decision close to the vest. I mean, he really did. Uh, he had that one photo, I think, of him this weekend in a Neto Umiozulu jersey on the Longhorn sideline. I like to see that. That was great. Uh, but he has kept his decision close to the vest. Even way back almost six to nine months ago, he wasn't letting on where he was thinking about really going. Yeah, this family handles recruiting different. They're not out there doing a lot on social media, not doing a lot of interviews uh, for sure. Um, so that, that he is just that different in that recruitment. I can tell you this, for you hat science guys out there, AM, the Texas hat stalls, the, 
the tag on it, and then there's Oklahoma. I'm guessing the winner's in that bag somewhere. <laughs> I don't think he's putting on one of those three hats. I'll tell you this, Texas fans, if he puts on one of those three hats, I don't think it's good news for, <laughs> for the people on this live stream. <laughs> Is that your hat science, Jerry? In your times in this business, do you have a – do you have an effective hat science? Is it always the far right, far left, middle? Whatever? I don't, but I'll tell you what I have now after Colin Simmons' announcement is jersey science. Oh. <laughs> okay, so for all you guys that weren't around for the Colin Simmons announcement, I think most people were. Uh, at Duncanville, uh, we should be getting close to this announcement anytime now, by the way. Um, he's still The family's still not up at the uh, podium at Allen High School here. But they put out three jerseys for Colin Simmons' announcement baseball jerseys and and i was like well that's kind of cool and i went up and asked somebody oh, that's cool that y'all are putting out baseball jerseys and i know he's a baseball guy they said yeah he's gonna put on the jersey the team he picks i was like oh that's awesome really cool and i walked away and then i walked back and i i, I think i said something to sam speaking i'm like that's interesting uh so i went back and looked at the sizes on the baseball jerseys and lsu was a large doesn't fit a 6'3 230 pound person miami was an xl doesn't fit a 6'3", 230-pound person wearing clothes. And Texas was a double XL. So there's your jersey science. Um, but hat science is a little more difficult than jersey science. <laughs> I'm looking at this. Uh, Justin's got a couple of, uh, of photos here online right now uh, with uh, Zena Umiozulu and his uh, situation up at Allen High waiting on his announcement. Uh, Jerry, what does this do for Texas recruiting at edge? Uh, think about it this way with Colin Simmons in the boat. Yeah. If Texas were to land Zena here in the next few minutes, what does that do with Danny Okoye, who I think you believe now is likely headed to Oklahoma? But what about Solomon Williams, young man they've shown a lot of interest in of late out of Tampa? I think that the interesting thing is if Zena picks Texas here in a few minutes, the interesting thing for me is does Texas take a, uh, a third edge in this class at the high school level? Um, it would ha I think Danny Okoye is headed to Oklahoma as of today. Uh, he's scheduled to um, um, make an unofficial visit to Texas on September 16th. We'll see if that actually happens. Tennessee's scheduled for the 30th. I think LSU for the 23rd. So he's got three visits scheduled. We'll see if he makes those. But Oklahoma's the only visit Danny Okoye has made with his mom to this point in the process, which I think is uh, pretty telling. Um, so that is a piece of it. Solomon Williams, I texted with Solomon a little bit the last couple of days. Still talking to PK, Pete Kwiatkowski, about setting up a visit. I'm interested to see, does that visit happen? He's also going to be at the Alabama-Texas game in Tuscaloosa this weekend. And I believe Alabama is where Solomon Williams was leaning coming out of July. So we'll see uh, how long this recruitment continues and is Texas on that visit list if Zena picks Texas. All right, uh, we're still waiting here to see what's going Who is this in the bottom left here? That I'm seeing. Uh, Matt, can you tell me who, who who else is on the line here with us? Can't see in the bottom, buddy. Um, all right. We're waiting on Zena Umiozulu to make his announcement uh, alongside. There, there he is. Hey, Blake Monroe. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Good. You going to join us for a little bit here? And, and, I'm going to uh, in for a little bit. Okay. Go in through this. Uh, Blake, our, our morning compadre on coffee and football uh, with us here for the next 30 minutes. I do want to mention this. Uh, Rod Babers will be on. We're moving our regular Wednesday live stream to 6.30 tonight so that Rod can join us after this and talk a little 
uh, a little, a little um, Zena Umiozulu potential commitment. Also, we're introducing a new host uh, that we'll have alongside Rod and uh, Jerry tonight. His name is Ray Peters. Uh, he is a Central Texas uh, denizen. Uh, went to the University of Texas, grad, uh, graduated broadcast journalism degree. Good guy. Spent years in television in the Waco area before going into private business uh, about 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm excited to have him join the staff here at On Texas Football uh, and uh, be part of it on each and every Wednesday night uh, alongside Rod, uh, Jerry, Justin, and everybody, everyone else. Jerry's taking a photo of everything right now. I don't know why. Uh, but anyways, uh, Ray and Rod will come in around 630. Uh, uh, Blake, uh, you take it from here. And uh, Jerry, uh, you guys, I'll, I'll be waiting and uh, try to answer any questions I can. Yeah, we're, we're getting closer here. Families at the table. Uh, they're getting set up. So this announcement should happen here in the next few minutes. Now, I don't know the, uh, uh, the speaking, how many people are going to speak at this one since I'm not there live. Uh, but these normally run about 15 minutes later than the uh, time. So um, Paxson's asking, what is, you know, what's my pick? Hey, my pick's on. I made an RPM. If I, It's too late to change it. So if something bad happens, I, I'll take the loss. Um, but, uh, man, Van, Texas. Hey, I went to Van. Jeremy Calhoun. I just saw Hook'em from Van, Tax, Van, Texas. Rob D. from Friendswood. Man, I'm right down the road, dude. I'm in Friendswood right now. Um, hey, hey, Jerry, you did put your crystal ball on Texas, though, correct? Yeah, there's or five. RPM. I believe there's five in the industry, and they're all on Texas. So if this if Zena picks somebody in Texas, everybody's going down together on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, um, Jerry. Brent Venables, Texas A&M, two very difficult competitors, in my opinion, for yep. defensive linemen. Right? Yes. Uh, you've mentioned Venables as a defensive coach. Todd Bates, the de defensive line there coach, was at Clemson with Venables and really did a good job recruiting. And then, of course, A&M with Jimbo and Elijah Robinson have really recruited the defensive line well. Zena uh, Zena's speaking now, so we should be getting to this. Uh, yes, absolutely. And Oklahoma's targeted defensive line big time in this class. Um, they need them. They're undersized moving to the SEC right now. We had Tom Luganville of ESPN on with us a few weeks ago. We are talking about that, that Oklahoma has to get bigger on the defensive front in about every position. Uh, by the way, Zena's talking right now, so he should be announcing this decision here shortly. But, uh, yeah, A&M obviously is loaded up on defensive linemen uh, here in the last few years in the Jimbo Fisher, Fisher era, and they've got a number of guys that will be drafted here uh, in the next two classes. Um, but, yeah, this this one will be, be interesting. Uh, guys, uh, it, it's just it, – it's tough – to see it not going Texas way. And Zena's about to announce right now, guys. So um, we'll see which way this is going. I think he's going into the bag under the table. Going <laughs> to probably take off a uh, – change some clothing here. So he's got he's got a hat now in front of the table. I, it's He's picking up each hat. You know, he picked up a he picked up OU, picked up the Texas hat with the tag on it. Um, so we'll – We'll see what he does here. Is he's I think he's going into the the bag for the winter, and he's he, I think he's taking off his uh, hoodie right now. He's going to show us where he's going when he turns around, and it is Texas Longhorns with a Neto jersey on, guys. He commits with a Neto jersey on. He's giving a little bit of that nil money to his brother. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. All right, that brings up 17 commitments. Longhorns now at 17 commitments. Now I, I, I withheld this on purpose. 
Um, I, I had to because I, I am told that his twin, Zilke, who also is an athlete, but not a football player, uh, or at least not a, a scholarship football player, will attend Texas too. So yes. his brother, Zilke, is also expected to attend Texas as well, according to Justin Wells. Uh, so uh, that is it. Um, you know, I, I feel like, Jared, we're trying to get uh, Zena on the phone here uh, now and, and linked in with us. We'll see if he's able to do it. Justin Wells trying to link in. Uh, we'll see if that's able to happen. What do you think of this commitment for the Longhorns uh, up to 17 now? Yeah, I think it's a big win. I mean, look, I wrote something on Inside Texas yesterday. For all you guys not on Inside Texas, we got a great promo going through the On Texas Football YouTube. Bobby will show that here in a little while. But DFW, I mean, Tom Herman, the prior staff, I mean, to say they messed it up, uh, it would be an understatement in Dallas, right? And so Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks, when they came in uh, to the University of Texas, they knew that I-20 – and the DFW area in general had to be repaired in a big way because 2025 in the Houston area is really good. The 2020, 21, 22, 23, and 24 classes, Dallas is dominated. That DFW area has dominated some of the top talent in the state of Texas. And Sark and Banks knew when they came in they had to win this area. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They know Oklahoma's the competition. They know moving to the SEC, everybody's going to be recruiting I-20 more than ever. Um, and so th they came in and had to win big in DFW, and they've done that. I, now, I believe they have four five-stars or five five-stars in 18 four-stars in three classes right now from the DFW area. That's winning big. I mean, obviously, Colin Simmons in this class, Zena at edge, which I believe Colin Simmons and Zena talk a lot. I, I believe that's one guy that Colin, Colin really talked with a lot. Um, but then you have Jordan Johnson, Rebel at IMG, who's from Fort Worth. You have Daniel Cruz, the number one or two center of the country. If you watch the senior video, show me somebody better. Um, he's at uh, North Richland Hills by Fort Worth. Um, so, I mean, Texas has had to they, – they've done a really good job in Parker Livingstone, four-star receiver at Lovejoy. Texas has repaired a lot of bad things that went on in DFW, and, and they're reaping the rewards in recruiting right now. So, kudos to Sark, Banks, and those guys. All right, guys, we got lots of uh, questions rolling in. And, Bobby, you may have to bring it up for me uh, because it's not working on my end. But, okay, got it. Uh, what, you got a broken bat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to being on this computer. It's a long story. <laughs> hey, Paxton, no man's like I'm a big Robertson's beef jerky guy. Y'all know that. Loves. I'll be headed to Loves. On the way to uh, Florida and Sarah Land here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one so I can uh, say something here. Yeah, go ahead. I basically play Gorm. Any inside Texas on Texas football get together in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. I'm definitely there, and I think we got some stuff going on. Uh, we'll definitely make announcements for you guys on the Inside Texas forums as well as on on Texas football. If you're going to be there, please come out and uh, say hello, uh, etc. It's something that we really really enjoy doing. Um, I, by the way, Max West, don't bring it up. Um, no, that's not – he was not – well, there maybe there's more than one. <laughs> Are you saying that he was not the uh, uh, silent commitment, Jerry? Is that um, what you're saying? If there, was only, if, if there was only one, he wasn't the one. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Hey, let's keep going here. We got some questions rolling in. I think uh, – we had to, to let uh, Blake go there. His, his uh, computer 
knocked out on him. Uh, Longhorns pick up Zena Umio Zulu. Uh, let's take some questions from the crowd before we go yeah. too much further uh, as we uh, really look into this. Pay attention to the lines and then think about the fact that Sark set um, Hudson. He was a, who was that? Hudson, Cole Hudson, I think. Hudson, because he was a little nicked up. You, you think that's going to affect this Alabama game at all, Jerry, or no? I, well, I think um, I, I think having experience on the road in this game, especially initially, will matter. Um, and look, I, I think uh, I, I think the thing with Cole is he he worked a lot at center this summer as well. So he is one of the best. I mean, I think somebody call him a Swiss Army knife. I, I think that's true. I think he is a guy that will be in NFL training camps one day. Uh, but I think it may be as a center. Uh, but his 30, 13 starts at right guard going into that environment in Tuscaloosa, um, I think is a I think is a good thing. Uh, hey Jerry, that. listen up here. We got we got the Zena's announcement. I don't have any audio. With I don't me. have audio here either. But we're going to get to see what he, exactly how he did it and whatnot. Let's see what he did. His dad's still in shape. Don't yeah. <laughs> he is, he? Yeah, he, he wants my beef jerky now. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he did. He spent some NIL money on that jersey now. Same jersey he was wearing Saturday at the Texas game. <laughs> there we go guys hey there's there an 82 go. inch wingspan for those who have never seen one before <laughs> don't have many of those man don't have many of those hey dj dog 31 yes i am All saying right, that there's still a silent committee out there <laughs> uh we're waiting right now um and uh see what we can get here from justin wells he's on site right now uh, so we're waiting to see back from Justin uh, and see what he can get for us from Zena. Hopefully he's able to come on uh, hey, and bring us online. Bobby, Texas moved up to 16 in the class rankings with this one. So what for the guys, I know we have 100, I don't know, over 1,000 people on here right now. Texas, the uh, on three uh, pro team rankings right now counting the first 16 commitments in a class. Texas was at 16 before Zena, but that was counting Michael Kern, the punter. Obviously, punter kickers are the lowest three-star guys in rankings for on three and in the industry in general. So Zena comes in, you replace the lowest ranked guy, and Zena, four-star, top 300 guy in the country, replaces that. Texas moves from 18 uh, to 16 in the class rankings. And for those that are asking, yes, I still expect the third straight top 10 recruiting class. If Texas is going to get a top five recruiting class for third straight year, it's going to come down to how many five stars they get. And we'll see what happens with Kobe Black, Ryan Wingo, you know, Brandon Baker. I mean, there's three for you right there at Texas as a legit puncher's chance for. I, Texas will need to win two of those guys. All right. We have a, a question here, Jerry, for you from Tyler Davis. And if I can get it to show up. Uh, is Zena a guy that's 100% locked in after his commitment? If he picks Texas, will we have to worry about it at all? This is a great question. I'll tell you why it's it's kind of funny to answer. 
Because if he backs out, that probably means Neto's leaving and his twin brother's not coming to Texas too. So that'd be a rash of decommitments in one day for one family. Uh, so I think he, I think they're locked in. Look, I think Neto's having a good experience at Texas. He likes Coach Flood. He's going to play more and more and compete for the left guard job as this season moves along. Um, I think he's maybe the most improved lineman they have right now. Um, and then, look, the family loves the academics, the University of Texas. Zena's going to major in business. Um, and that was a big thing at the end of the day for Texas fans to remember Z and Neto committed to Texas. Then he took down his Texas commitment, uh, tweet for about, oh, I don't know, eight hours. And that thing popped back up and the parents like, oh, no, 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 no. The academics at Texas. Um, this is, you made the right decision here. Uh, so the family loves the academic uh, piece at the university of Texas and what it look, here's the thing too. Neto's a redshirt freshman. He could play four more years at Texas. Those guys are going to play together at the same college. That is too much travel if they went to opposite schools when they're essentially going to be a grade apart, two grades apart. Just too much travel. So I think I think it's a great commitment for Texas, and I think it's locked in. All right. We got a uh, super chat here from Greg Case. He says, if you guys can get him on, please have him say his last name for us. We need to clear this pronunciation up once and for all. I, I agree with that, um, actually, because I hate I hate that. Um, the, the Texas media guy uh, says, um, Umay Ozula. Umay Ozula, I believe, is the correct, correct, uh, correct pronunciation. We have not been getting it right, apparently. Uh, I want to ask him that, and and I I think that I asked Neto that this time a year ago, and and that's where I got that pro, or that pronunciation that I've been using since then. However, uh, he may have just been have been kind to me as the adult in the conversation. Uh, a lot of guys don't realize that seventeen year old guys uh, aren't typically going uh, to uh, uh, to correct adults here. Okay. All right. We have a uh, question. I, wait, wait, from... wait, wait, wait. I think we have somebody. I think we have. Do we have Justin here? Oh, okay. Yo. There he is. Bring him up. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? I almost called you Neto. How you doing, Zena? Good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, tell, uh, say hello to Longhorn Nation here. Was it Longhorn Nation? <laughs> what uh, tell us? Tell us what your final choice came down to, and why you picked Texas. My final choice. Oh, yeah, what what was your final choose? choice, and why did you pick Texas? Uh, my final choice is between y'all and uh Texas and OU, and I feel like Texas has the best of all worlds. You know, uh, outside of football, you know, the city of Austin too. I mean, the education at Texas is probably the best in the state, and I feel like uh, Texas can definitely be the best, especially going into SEC. So I'm excited for that. You were down at the game on Saturday. Uh, describe down being down there on the field, watching your brother play. Had to be something special. Is that, that kind of what put it over the top for you, or were you already going to Texas before even last weekend? Oh, uh, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I, I wasn't 100 sure until like a couple of days ago. But I mean, yeah, that, that for sure. Hope. I mean, yeah. seeing him do his stuff in game. I mean, it made it that much more real. What did you tell me about Colin Simmons in your conversation a couple of days ago? Yeah, I mean, we were talking like we could really make something crazy happen in Texas. You know, both of us on different sides of the of the uh, D line. You know, we could both get after it. And, you know, we could both eat in the SEC. So I'm excited for that. Hey, he's got to go, guys. Just wanted to check in with him. All right, appreciate it, Justin. That's Justin. Hey, Justin, you were. Oh, okay. Justin's got to go too. 
Uh, clearly a, a big one for the Longhorns. Got to say hello to Zena. We did not get to ask him his last name, though, Greg. Uh, we will grab that another time. And I'll actually talk to John Bianco, uh, the Sports Information Director at Texas, for uh, more clarification as well. All right, guys, we got a uh, question here. Well, we've had a couple questions regarding other edge prospects as well. Uh, from Ted Pair One, love stacking edge. Win on Saturday, bring another. Would it be Solomon Williams or Danny Okoye or flip Jordan Ross, Jerry? I, I don't think Jordan Ross is in the picture. Um, I don't see that one. Danny Okoye, I really think, is headed to Oklahoma as of today. We'll see if he makes those visits again. Texas the 16th, LSU 23rd, Tennessee 30th. That's three weekends in a row of visits scheduled. The only visit his mom's been on is Oklahoma. So we'll see what happens there. Solomon Williams, uh, Solomon may call me tonight. Uh, we've texted back and forth a little bit. Um, Alabama, I think, is the favorite. Uh, he's scheduled to be there for the Texas game this weekend. We'll see if that official visit to Texas gets scheduled now that Zena's in the boat with Colin. Or does Texas save and possibly look in the portal at edge? Uh, depending on losses after this season. I, I think that's one thing to look at. So uh, we don't have that answer yet. Somebody asked, is Solomon a numbers buster? We don't have that answer yet. We definitely know Texas loves Solomon as an edge rusher. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> that, we just said he's not a, we don't know yet. <laughs> All right, Thanks, Rick, question. for the question. A uh, question here from Elaine uh, Roker, and he says, what's Zena's ceiling? I love this question, Jerry, because the thing about him is he has got long arms, <laughs> tremendously long arms. And yep. uh, if we, if you get a chance to watch him, um, he's, he has some suddenness and he has the ability to move, but really it's the length, much like Ethan Burke, to be honest with you. Um, you saw that uh, take place on Saturday against Rice. How much longer arms, a little bit more active uh, Burke was than uh, Ovia Gufu a year ago, just in game one. I'm unmuted. Sorry. One thing you saw with Zena there, intelligent kid. Now, I mean, that is, that's a big deal. He's going to be a fast learner and look, he, he obviously can learn because they're playing him at middle linebacker and he's only played edge defensive end in high school for Allen on the varsity since his freshman year. So he's a guy that they feel like they can, even on the high school level, they can put something on his plate and he can handle it. Uh, so he's got the intelligent component down for football, but it's really going to be where his body goes. Bobby's thrown out Charles Aminahu for like a, uh, the max, maxed out upside frame. Um, that would be a similar frame for him probably. I think he's going to blow up in college. I think he'll add weight uh, and strength and a look to his frame quicker than a uh, Ethan Burke has. I think Ethan Burke's a little bit longer uh, frame to develop or longer in time frame to develop. Uh, but yeah, I think it, uh, the upside with Zena is going to come down to this for me. It's developing as a pass rusher. It, 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 he's got the twitch. He's got the length. He's got the bend. Now it's going to come down to what's in your toolkit. What's in your toolbox? What do you develop there? Because he's got the intelligence to play as well. Um, so it's going to come down to just what does he develop as a pass rusher for me? And then Texas boy with a super chat wants to know, is he strong or weak side? I, I think he starts a weak side, but here's the deal, Jerry. I think that these guys, they can, they can grow. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting that someone like Ethan Burke today starts out at weak side and can end up in two years when he gets to 265, 
270, he ends up strong side defensive end. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Somebody's right. asking if Colin Simmons is going to LSU this weekend. Have not uh, heard anything on that yet. This is Duncanville's off week, so this will be the week they they guys travel around. We're gonna uh, we'll check on that. All right, guys. Uh, let's see here, and then. I don't know if I want. I don't know if y'all have read the ones about the beef jerky, the super chats yet, or not that have recently rolled in, or if I missed that. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> we have it. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Edmund Lee, uh, beef jerky money get recruiting. Follow through the whistle. Hook them horn. Right. So thank you, Edmund Lee. We appreciate it. And thank then Jerry, you. Uh, also, Jerry's second payment on jerky. So thank you. It means a lot. Big trip That's coming it. up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see. I am having some problem. I apologize. Some problems. Are you questions. That's okay. Hey, Jerry, I, I've got some questions for you. If, yeah. I've got a couple lined up for you, if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, given, given that. Hey, Texas, we talked about the 17 commitments, but it's also, it's not just the 17 commitments. We think they're going to go to 23 or 24 overall. Yes. Even if they domino on two or three of these five stars, maybe even four that are left out there, right? That would only put them at 21. We haven't heard yet of any late uh, late offers or late guys that they're really interested in for sure. Right. Is, that, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. But these evaluations are really just getting underway. Um, I, I can tell you this, Joshua Lair is now going to announce, I believe, September 24th. He visits Washington this weekend, I believe, maybe next weekend, one of those two. Um, we'll see if Texas makes a late push there um, at the safety position. Now, look, Texas is still – they're still going after the Wardell Max of the world. They're staying in contact with Miles Davis, committed A&M. You know they're going to stay in contact with Dominic McKinley and his family. They're not going to walk away from these A-list guys that they've had for a while. Um, and just remember, I know I've said I sound like a broken record, but we have so many people on these chats, so many people on message boards that sometimes they don't see the, the something or hear something the first time you say it. But Jelani McDonald and Warren Roberson weren't on the, the radar right now this time last year. Maybe Warren Roberson was getting on the radar in the Texas coach's office because they've been to watch him against Arlington Seguin, um, Blake Gideon, Choate, and those guys. But he wasn't on the public recruiting radar yet. Uh, Jelani McDonald really not either at that point in time. So that there's going to be a couple of guys popping on that radar for sure. And Texas will look, linebacker, will they get a linebacker in this class? Do they find a kid that's a senior that they really like that's worth going after? Obviously, they'll try to stay in with a Ty Anthony Smith. A lot of that will depend on a and season on the field this year. Uh, but Texas isn't going to move off. One thing people know, Texas fans know, they don't move off that A-list of targets. They stick in the, with those guys, and then if they find a couple of seniors that fit that A-list group, uh, then they'll move on them. Uh, but that's a great thing about being a blue blood. You can go to the portal after that. Hey, Jerry, I want to ask you this one, too, from Damon Graham. Are there any interior defensive linemen in the recruiting process of note? So they've already signed, they've already got a commitment from Alex January, as well as DeAndre Robinson. Um, and Melvin Hills. And Melvin Hills, obviously. Tell, tell folks what you got from a note you got from DeAndre Robinson last night 
uh, during the live stream. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah, I know. He he texted me. He said he's looking for respect, looking for respect. He sent me his huddle link. He had 13 tackles against a very talented good council team. That was a road game. Orlando got in a plane, flew up to Baltimore. Orlando Jones got in a plane, flew up to Baltimore. They took on good council. He had 13 tackles in that game. I love DeAndre Robinson for that reason, Bobby and, and, and Blake. The guy, he he looks at his ranking and it means something to him. He's playing with that the correct chip on his shoulder. Um, and, and I love the work that kid's putting in. I'm actually going to go see him in a couple of weeks, like I've said. Um, but, yeah, I think DeAndre's – Alex January had a dominant game against Rockledge Friday. And Rockledge, out of the uh, space coast of Florida, they may not be as good as they were three, four years ago. They have some good players, though. I mean, Duncanville beat them 44 nothing. Duncanville beat a lot of people that bad. Uh, but Alex January looked really good. He looked quicker in week two uh, than he did week one. And, look, these these big guys, one thing to remember, these big guys, they're pl- they're playing their way into the best shape. And this heat takes a toll on you on Friday nights and every day in practice. So I think these big guys, something to watch on film as a senior, watch how much better they get as the weather gets cooler and they play their way into tip-top shape. Uh, but just just that that's going to be something to watch. I expect DeAndre and Alex January to have really big years and move up the rankings. Uh, but right. as far as a, play, a senior guy, Texas will keep swinging on Dominic McKinley. We'll see what happens. Hey, I, I'm texting with Justin Wells right now, who was on site for the Xena Umeo Zulu. Uh, I'm trying to say, I want to make sure I get his name pronounced correctly. Uh, his Zena's mom actually says that she watches the show here, the live streams and whatnot with us, and was going to try to come on. Uh, but uh, Justin's connection ran out there at Allen High, and she's not uh, able to make it on with us. But uh, we want to say thank you for watching and congratulations, uh, Zena Hookem. Uh, good good luck in Austin. Uh, not only you, but your brother as well, Zilke, and Neto uh, as well. Uh, hey, I think it's about time. Uh, we're going to switch from a Neto-only uh, commitment here to a normal live stream. Blake, we're going to let you go now. Sounds good. That's all right. All right see you in the morning, morning Blake. Blake. I'll see you all in the morning, bright and early. All right. See ya. Have a good one. Uh, and then uh, now also we're going we're gonna to bring in, if we can, uh, Ray Peters. Ray uh, welcome to On Texas Football, uh, Ray. There, there he is. Ray, you're a longtime media guy. Uh, tell a little bit people about about yourself and why you're joining On Texas Football at this point. Well, that, that's your mistake, right, Bobby? That you let <laughs> me uh, hop on. Yeah. No, I'm a Longhorn from a long time ago, so I, I won't say exactly how long ago, but uh, it's it's uh, quite a few decades ago. But uh, some of the great uh, years of the uh, Fred Acres. So we won some games back then. We didn't win them all. We didn't win the ones that we needed to to get to the national championship, but we came pretty close. But uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I was a uh, journalism graduate from the University of Texas and then I became a sportscaster and worked out in West Texas and Milan Odessa for about a year. My first job, uh, learned a lot of things there, then went to Waco and did sports for about 10 and a half years. And then I became the main news anchor at the ABC affiliate there for another six or so. And so all in all, probably about 18 years. Uh, I was actually, maybe my claim to fame now is that I was Gus Johnson's first boss. <laughs> so, yeah, Gus started his career at a KXXV TV in Waco, and uh, I was the sports director, and he was our weekend sportscaster. We actually really loved this tape. He had a lot of energy, and we thought he had incredible potential, and our news director was absolutely correct, obviously. 
So Gus actually got the job and, and joined us. He didn't even walk at Howard University. We hired him and he, he skipped his graduation because we needed him to come aboard. And so the, that's the history in the making right there. And he's still the great friend. And so actually a few years later, we reconnected and I became a, a sideline producer for the Fox Sports broadcast. So I dipped my toe back into media uh, many years later. And so that was a lot of fun. I worked with a, a guy on the sidelines that first year named Tim Brewster. And so <laughs> when I Brewster. first met Coach Brewster, I went up and gave him the biggest hug I could because I know he's the guy who delivered Vince Young to the University of Texas. And this rock guy, Rod Babers, right? Yeah, Rod was, was, was Brew your guy? Yeah, and Chris Sims, man. Brew, he's a Ric Flair recruiting, man. Okay. Not, not, okay. not too shabby at the recruiting game, huh? No so uh, I had some uh, good experiences there. So I just want to let you guys know that this is a, an incredible experience. Uh, I'm, again, a longtime fan. I'm on some of the message boards and things like that. And I started, you know, I had full awareness of the different type of uh, recruiting boards in the business. And Bobby, your reputation certainly precedes you. I know you, you're the pioneer, my man. You created the industry. And I hope that everybody who watches this understands the importance that you've had in this business. And so I just want to let you know that I really appreciate this opportunity that you're giving me here. And so that's a great pleasure. Uh, Jerry, I wrote you an email a few months ago. Yeah. I, Bobby might be right there with you, but I've never met anybody who works as hard as you do. I mean, you were on both of you coffee and football this morning at, you know, eight in the morning, which means you were probably chatting with each other at seven 50 or so early. That goes an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes every morning. And then you're still here doing this. And so I'm, I'm just stunned by the volume of work you put out. And so I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you two guys and Rod, I'm a longhorn man. I love watching you play. I hated watching you drop all those interceptions, man. <laughs> hands of stone, man. I thought Roberto Duran had hands of stone, but then I saw you play. And hey, I'm like, what's hey, going on here? No, no I'm, lies, brother. You tell no lies. I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> what did, what weight did you play at at Texas when you started? Um, I, my first year, I played nickel, so I played around two, like 203. Uh, they okay, so me. you gained some weight. God, Rod, yeah, I don't remember you at 203, really? Wow. Yeah, Bull Reese wanted me. I came in early that year in the summer, and yeah. they basically kind of knew I was going to play the nickel, so they beefed me up. You can go, look, I'm kind of thick. Uh, you know, especially by the time I went to the NFL, I was about 187. Yeah. Okay. About 187. Hey, what was your senior year in high school, Rod? Oh, I was probably 177, that, 180. That's wow. that that you just threw out. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was late. Were, were you basically were you basically drinking creatine shakes at that time? Oh, yeah, they, what did they have you on? That's exactly what Mad Dog put me on, man. He put me on creatine oh, wow. uh, that whole offseason. And I was in the weight room, and, man, I put on the weight, and I had to lose it, though, quick. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I, before we get going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tap out here, but I just want to okay. say good luck to you guys the rest of the night. Congratulations, by the way, folks, uh, to Zena Umiozula. Uh, what a big-time uh, commitment for Steve Sarkeesian. Pete Kwiatkowski in the Texas defense. Um, I, I'm telling you, I want to say one final thing. Uh, I was told from behind the scenes that Zena was one of the top two or three guys from a physique, the whole look and feel of what a future football player looks like of all the guys they brought in in uh, in the, the month of July. So, or in June and July or whatever it was. They, they really, really are high on him and think he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Uh, to be a great player, but uh, 
that ceiling that we talked about early in this broadcast is genuinely there in their opinion. Uh, and one of the reasons why they wanted Zena uh, Umiazulu so much. So, all right, guys, I've got to get going. Ray, you guys take it from here. Uh, enjoy the Q&A session. And uh, we'll see you guys soon, all right? Thanks, Bobby. Hey, great. All right, have Thanks, a good one, Rod. really appreciate it. And, and Ray, sometimes I jump in and ask a question. You don't have to pull up. But David Williams asked, did the commitment of Don McKinley at A&M push Texas to get uh, Neto to uh, – sorry, Zena to commit earlier? No, that was more of what we've been talking about. Uh, I think they wanted – where how, how much was Neto going to play? Was he really competing at left guard? I think all those things kind of fell into place with this one, the way we expected it to. Okay. Hey, and Jerry, you've been doing this. So I'm out of practice. So <laughs> you guys have some forgiveness in your heart for me because I've got to get back into the, we the got swing you, of thing. But I'm not afraid to talk, as you can already tell. <laughs> but no, we're, we're, I'm a giant uh, football fan, Longhorn fan, number one thing in my heart. So I've been fully immersed in the, the Longhorns for uh, my, my entire life, it seems. So, and I'm from Tyler. There's a, Famous Longhorn from Tyler. Oh, I think yeah, you may have heard of Yeah. Tyler. Where'd you to, Ray, where'd you go to high school? I, I went to the one where you don't have to be that great an athlete to play football. And so I was on the football team, at the Catholic school, TK Gorman. Okay, so, Bishop Gorman. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah Gorman. Now they call it Bishop yeah, Gorman. Bishop they got Gorman fancy is TK Gorman. Yeah. 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 Okay. They, back in the day, we were TKG and now it's fancy Bishop Gorman. So uh, not to be confused with the football powerhouse in Vegas. Exactly. went there, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, Paxton, uh, yeah. Somebody's asking if you know, uh, or Paxton's asking Ray, yeah. do you know David Smoke? Sure, I do. Yeah. And so David and I uh, crossed paths back in the day because I actually had an, uh, and I'm sorry that I'm diverting on me for a bit. We've, this is Bama week, but yeah. I'll, I'll give you just a couple minutes. But uh, I thanks everybody for all the welcomes. That's uh, very gracious of you as well. But yeah, David Smoke. Uh, he's now in Waco, as many of you know, uh, working radio, and he's had a great career. And he does, I think, that Sikkim 365 show with the Paul Catalina and David's son. Yeah. And I haven't really talked to David much in the past few years, but uh, we've we're Facebook friends. And back in the day, uh, my start, at least my what we call the resume tape in the business, uh, I had an opportunity. There was a sports director named Jerry Gumbert, who since uh, had a good career in uh, media. Uh, up in the Dallas area, and he was the sports director, and he let me come on and put a tape together, and I used that and went around. But uh, at that time, David was working weekends, I believe, in Lufkin, yeah. which was a sister station of uh, KLTV in Tyler. So that was KTRE, I believe, were the call letters back then. So, And then we would go out to football games, and then David later went to work for that station in Tyler. Yeah. And then he had a great radio career in uh, the Tyler uh, market as well. And also Dale Hansen with WFAA. David won a uh, giant award for this really touching story he did on a, a youngster back in East Texas. And every year, uh, Dale Hansen would actually air David's story. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's something like Jamie's World, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of that. That they may have had a website for that. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. And so, but uh, yeah, the, the Dale would uh, every year pull that one out and, and show that just because it was so touching. But yeah, I know Smokey, he's uh, had his uh, great career. And so we've got some pioneers. David had an early website for high school football. Uh, Craig Way, of course, has been a legend in the high school football oh, game. Yeah. And so uh, I like to that 
uh, my station back in the day, we were the first ones to ever do the extended football highlights show after the, the news was over. So we were the first right. ones to do a show. We did it at 11.05. And so we actually beat Leno in the ratings. So I was always proud of that. Right. Okay, enough about me. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Nick Saban. Yeah, and, talk uh, about Nick Saban. Uh, somebody, asked, and, yeah, somebody asked about D. Lyman. Is Texas done? They go into the portal. Texas will recruit Dominic McKinley through the whistle, guys. They'll keep recruiting him. The staff, they stay on their guys. Dominic doesn't sign until December. Uh, so we'll be following that one for a little while. Uh, yeah, Rod, let's get into Bama talk. Um, let's do it. We did the live stream last night, which I thought was the best X's and O's live stream possible with you oh. and Brian Irwin, head coach that won two state titles at Lamarck, was a graduate assistant at Texas. Your thoughts and takeaways from y'all's conversation and word are your thoughts today on Texas Bama? Because I think y'all both brought thoughts to each other. And now y'all are probably combining them today when you're thinking back on that live stream and thinking about the game. What are some of your thoughts today? Yeah, I keep coming back to, to line play. Yeah. And I, you know, that it's a it's a it, the SEC, it is a line of scrimmage league, and uh they are a line of scrimmage team. And they uh I want to I want to say that no team is gonna be able to run the ball consistently with the traditional run game. Yeah. Um, obviously that's just handoffs. And now I'm thinking that for Texas, maybe the short passing game is an extension of the running game. Um, and maybe your RPO game is an extension of the running game. For Bama, I'm thinking it's Jalen Milrow who can be the non-traditional running game for them and the quarterback running game. That's why Texas got to figure out a way to neutralize him. So I, I keep coming back to it's going to come on. The, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks uh, and which one of those quarterbacks can go out there uh, and make enough plays to to win their team the game in clutch time. Because I hey, do think it's going to come down to clutch time, too, in the fourth quarter. Rod, I got a question that last night popped into my head, and but we ran out of time. So we talk about empty a lot, and I know mm. you're a big fan of empty. Yep. So empty with Bama and Jalen Milrow, empty with Texas and Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if empty with a pocket passing quarterback versus empty with a running threat – I'm going to let you go to town on this one. What are the differences for a coaching staff in empty at that point? Because to me, Texas has to trust their offensive line. You have a pocket passing quarterback in empty. Alabama, yeah. their left tackle messes up an assignment. Milrow can take off and make something with his leg. So kind of where, where do you see the differences, advantages for each? Yeah, uh, that's a great question because I think it, just me, I think you're going to see it on both sides for different reasons. For Quinn, it, it cleans everything up, right? There is no pre-snap show disguise when you're defending empty. You got to get to your alignment and get to your assignment right away because you're stressed as a defense. So that cleans the picture up and also allows for Quinn to identify where the matchups are. All right, where are the favorable, advantageous matchups for him? You know the ball's coming out quickly because it speeds up the internal clock of the quarterback. Yes. One of the issues for Texas offensive line has been picking up twists and stunts and simulated pressures. There's no time for that when you're facing empty. I mean, you're really just going most of the time with a straight-up rush because twists and stunts, you're really twists and stunts your way out of the play because the ball's coming out quick and you've got to react quick. So that's why I like it for Quinn. And by the way, Quinn in that uh, Alamo Bowl versus Washington, he was 7-8, all right, and, and throwing the ball out of empty. You're talking about an 87% completion percentage out of empty. He was dealing. He was comfortable. And I think for him it's about the comfort zone, and because he knows the ball is coming out quickly and he can easily identify the matchup advantage, because like you said, you got weapons everywhere. Uh, that was even last year. This year you got more weapons, so I think it'll clean it up for, for Quinn. And, by the way, just throwing this out there, Middle Tennessee State against Alabama in that first game, 
their quarterback, 76 completion percentage out of empty formation. They had 13 first downs. Eight of them came out of empty formation. They have, And when they went empty reload, which is when you start out empty, everybody on the line, nobody in the backfield but the quarterback, and then brought and shifted a player back in the backfield because that helps you identify the coverage. You get a little sneak peek at the pre-snap read for the quarterback. They averaged over nine yards per play against Alabama when they did empty reload. Oh, Sark has been in this bag all offseason, ready for this game. I know he's identified some things he's going to use. I, I, I put money on it that empty is going to be there. We only saw three snaps of it in the first game versus Rice. I think he was being conservative on purpose. Something tells me we're going to see a lot more of that. On the other side for Alabama with Jalen Milrow, oh, man, all types of issues and challenges they present for a defense. First of all, nothing stresses a defense more than empty formation. But then you're talking about something that challenges the structural integrity of the defense, which is a dual-threat quarterback. Right. That can make something out of nothing that can those second reaction plays, those improv improv plays. He can do that. And we saw him actually do it in the middle Tennessee game. Take a play that should have been a sack. And I think he turned it. It was a touchdown, I believe. It's one of his long touchdowns. They they dropped a snap and then kept going. Yes, exactly. That's that's what you have with him. Right. Those type of second reaction plays. But in empty, they can spread you out and then force you to put a spy on him. And then even if you have a spy on him, there's a lot of space that's created out of empty formation. It helps him get the ball out quickly. But also, if you don't have enough athleticism you know, right, at that spy position, he can really expose it. And he's a bit of a power guy, so he can also break some tackles. Think of Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs when they ran a lot of empty. He had five rushes, I believe, for 53 yards. Three of them were big plays. He had a rushing touchdown. That's what you can do. You can be lethal out of it. Texas will see it. Why? Because Texas actually struggled versus empty against Rice. I mean, Rice versus Texas, um, 85% completion percentage out of empty. It was the only damn thing that worked for Rice uh, versus Texas. And Bryce Young against Texas uh, last season, he actually was 9 of 10 out of empty formation, 8 of 8 in the second half. It was the adjustment that won the game for Bill O'Brien in Alabama. I think they'll come back to it in this matchup. So there you go. That's my spiel. I'll shut up about (laughs) it. I've been talking about it all week. Thank you, Jerry, for giving me the floor. Hey, Jerry, I don't know if you've got a follow-up immediately, but uh, can we get, uh, Matthew, can we get Thunder Pups uh, Super Chat up? Uh, Don't know if we're able to to do that. Thank you. So I don't I. I don't know if we want to risk the health of our future uh, star quarterback by uh, going out on scout team and getting hammered by the defense, but I'll let you guys address this. Could we have used Arch? And I've got a name for you to use once we have you guys address this. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of wondered if Jelani McDonald. I Jelani McDonald was my name. That, Thank that, you very great. much. Look at his highlights. He's, yeah. I like I, but he's also you know he's a fourth team star. So could you use him as a simulation? We haven't heard for sure on that, um, but I think you're on to it, Ray. I think that's a pretty good thought. I'll say that. I, I doubt Arch. Uh, Arch has to prepare. Look, ta- Arch has to prepare is like he's two plays away. Yeah, Quinn got knocked out in this game last year, so Malik and Arch are preparing like they may have to go in and play this week. That's just the reality. I mean, if you think last year Quinn got hurt, Hudson got hurt, and had to tough it out to get through that game. Very Charles true. Wright, I believe, saw the field for a play in that game. That's a great point. I forget. Yeah, you almost forget that he he finished that Bama game on one leg. Yes. <laughs> so I don't do. think it was Arch. I think Sark is preparing Malik and Arch like they may have to play this week because of last year's game. 
That's a great point, Jerry. Um, I don't know if there's anybody truly on the roster that could simulate a dual threat quarterback. Uh, they don't see a lot of them this year. So that's the good news. I mean, I think Will Howard's going to be the other one, right? Um, and maybe Jalen Daniels a little bit. Jalen Daniels. Yes, Jalen Daniels. There you go. He's another one. Um, and, you know, so they don't see a ton of them. But, you know, those are crucial games. K-State might be the second best team or the best team in the Big 12, depending on how you look at things. So I think for Texas, that's one of the challenges that it's going to take maybe a, a, a few series to acclimate to the athleticism, the power, the speed at that position. Even NFL guys talk about it all the time. I think that's why NFL teams are starting to, you know, bring in more dual threat quarterbacks, just as simulation quarterbacks yeah. in practice. You're going to see four or five of them in, in, in the, you know, during the season, you know, that it's almost worth it to have one of those guys on an expanded roster on your practice squad so they can simulate it for you. Uh, Cause it's tough in the games with to see it for the first time. So I think it will have a little bit of an acclimation period, uh, but I think they'll Texas is a is a defense built on speed. Um, and I think that once they get used to the speed of Jalen Milrow, because I heard he's faster than Jalen Hurts, not as powerful as Jalen Hurts, but maybe a little faster straight now, up. See, he, Milrow rem reminds me more KJ Jefferson, the oh. bigger frame, strong guy that's going to run through your arm tackles full speed. Okay. Jalen Hurts had a little bit of wiggle, drop the hips, wiggle for his size. Maybe not as explosive fast, but maybe better in a phone booth to me. That's okay. the difference I see in those guys. Hey, Rod, we had a question here that I think is an interesting one. The one thing maybe we haven't talked about with Texas-Bama this week. Oh, let's do it. Alabama running backs out of the backfield. Last year, Jameer Gibbs could blitz you out of the backfield. I don't know if we really know right now. Jace McClellan, Jamarion Miller, one-time Texas commitment from Tyler Legacy over there, Ray. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, Jason McClellan from Molino, the freshman Justice Haynes, second game college football. Kind of wondering, does Alabama have that threat out of the backfield like they had last year? I don't I don't have the answer. Oh, that's good. Not not like Jameer Gibbs. Not like I mean, a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah, like Jameer Gibbs was special. I mean, it, it really, so I don't think they have it in that regard. I mean, there's a good chance that they, you know, may go to that some check downs with their running backs, but – from what I saw, you know, they're trying to throw it to their wide receivers in the passing game. Uh, those are guys. And some of those, I think they're going to throw it downfield. Uh, I think you're going to get some uh, some vertical shots downfield, at least trying to, you know, back Texas defensive backs up a little bit. Because I, I think Texas may come out a little bit aggressive and jump some routes early on. Um, I wonder if they'll try to take away the first read early on for, uh, you know, obviously for the quarterback and almost force him to go through progressions, to go to his second or his third progression, and maybe that's where he gets in trouble. That's where the pass rush gets home. I'm, I can't wait to see what the actual game plan is going to be, but I know I just don't see Bama being able to weaponize the running back position like they did last season without Jameer Gibbs. I'm talking about in the passing game. As right. runners, I think they got a nice little running back by committee there, but in the passing game, not the same offense without Gibbs. He was too special. Was hey, uh, Ray, Daniel Kinneman asked, is looking at Solomon Williams' size, is he an edge or linebacker? Really good question. I think he's an edge guy. Um, I, I think he's a frame of a Justice McKinley with edge burst as a pass rusher. I, I think that just that bend and that burst, that natural of instinct feel for pass rushing is what I see Solomon Williams at. I mean, he's already 6'2 and a half, 255, 250 right now. Jerry, I've heard you talk about him before. He's the kid that's an incredible natural talent who has no polish yet. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah, not, he's, not, yeah, yeah, he can he's really do. 
pretty much playing on instincts, Ray. I mean, and that's a great point. He transferred into Carrollwood Day. I think that Coach Marshall McDuffie does a really good job there. He's developing him this year. He's going to let him drop in the coverage a little bit, show all his all-around ability, because I think last year they just let him fly off the edge, go chase the football, find the football, be a reactive, instinctive player. This year they're going to try to help him develop a little bit, drop back in the passing game. Uh, and, and see what he can do in coverage. So I think that staff's doing a really good job with him. But, yeah, his best football is way out in front of him. That's good to know. Speaking of edge players, I'm really happy to see Christopher Ross have a good game the other day because when I watched his high school tape, I was so impressed, and I said, this kid's a can't miss. And then you hear the stories about the fluctuation of weight, and you yeah. go, you never hear anything about Chris Ross. And then you see him play, and you go, okay, I do know football because this kid's a ball player. <laughs> oh, so he, yeah. He, yeah, great point. Hey, Rod, and that's a great point, Ray. We haven't talked about Chris Ross with you, Rod, for whatever reason. We've talked about everything. I do as long as I've been doing this, which dates me back to a really fast corner at Houston Lamar. So Chris <laughs> Ross was 267 his last game of his senior year. And he got down to like 243 pounds at Texas. Have you ever heard a D lineman that was going to be a three-tech guy come in and lose 25 pounds? That's I mean, crazy. that really blew my mind. But now he's back up to 255 in first, second step. He's got the best of any edge guy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. That's uh that's amazing though. What was that on? Was that an, obviously intentional and deliberate? Was it a position? I, I, we don't have the. I've never got the answer. Wow. Now I'm going to go to North Shore uh, next week, I believe, and check on Devin Sanchez, the five star corner. And I'm I, I'm going to get the answer. Uh, we've talked about it in the past, but nobody really told me anything. But it, it I I just haven't seen that much in my days doing this. Yeah, that is that's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, he's got he's got some BGO though. Yes, I mean, he's got some ball get off. Uh, you can see that that kind of jumps off for to you, and I'm with you. you kind of got lost in the shuffle. We talked about how deep they are on the defensive line, and and even when he saw you saw him in the Rice game, you was almost surprised, and you're like, oh, I forgot all about Chris Ross. I mean, that's that just shows you the depth that Texas has on that D line. That a town a town like that, you can almost kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, but I'm glad they're playing. They're playing a lot of D linemen, and like I said, we'll see which one of these D linemen they trust in the Alabama game. Because they won't play any of these youngsters they don't trust in that Bama game. So, Rod, let's get to the next part for Chris Ross. So, the Texas fans saw the flash. Okay, this guy can get off the ball. He mm -hmm. was in the backfield before anybody else. Now, here comes the next part of his development at edge. What are teams going to do? They're going to let him run himself up the field out of plays, right? Yep. I mean, that's going to be the next thing for Chris Ross is proving he can play against the run, right? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it, that's usually it for a young guy, especially when you're a natural – 
like pass rusher, a natural disruptor. That's what he wants to do. Uh, and they'll just let him do it. Uh, just kind of just run him right up the field. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that uh, that can be coached up. We know they do a good job. Bo Davis is, you know, one of the best coaches in the country. Um, so I think with his the natural skill set that you have there with the BGO, all those things can translate to help him in the run, in the run game. That's just about leverage. That's about technique. That's about hand placement. Those are all things you can teach. Probably already been teaching him that. Um, so I'm with you. I think, you know, sky's the limit. They, we need edge depth at Texas. Um, and I think that's what he can provide. You need edge depth. It's good that you have solutions now with, with Burke and, and Baron Sorrell, but you need depth there. And we've been talking about that depth on the interior D-line for about two years now. And now hopefully you're developing that on the edge too. Hey, Ray, could you bring up Ryan Nelson's comment on Caleb Downs, Bond? That'll be, yeah, it's going to be Matthew helping us out there. Okay, thank you, Matthew. Hey, there he uh, goes. By the way, working man, center backs are going through practice. We don't know if he's 100% yet um, as of Wednesday after evening. Uh, Ryan Nelson, big Georgia guy, has to live in that Atlanta, Buford area. I don't know exactly where he lives. But here's the thing that why I wanted to bring this up. Caleb Downs, obviously star freshman, not your normal freshman safety. His dad played running back in the NFL as a college running back coach. Brother, obviously, a draft pick at wide receiver out of Carolina. This is not your average freshman safety. I don't want to say he can be Earl Thomas because those guys are Hall of Fame players. Mm. But if he maximizes his talent, he may be on nipping at his heels. He's that level prospect for me, guys. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring this up, Bond, wide receiver, Justice uh, Haynes, the running back uh, at Bama. Rod and I, we were talking on the radio with Aaron Hogan this morning about the Atlanta area and why Georgia is such a great job right now. It is probably the most talented metro area in the country because they have all positions. They all have large humans on the offensive and defensive line. They have a bunch of fast twitch guys. They have literally elite talent every position there. So much so that Mark Rick was always knocked because he couldn't keep those guys home. Mm -hmm. Even Kirby Smart will never keep them all home, but there's so much talent there now. And then when you look at, you can go east to Carolina, south to Florida, west to Bama, Mississippi, north to you know to Tennessee, and up into Virginia. It's a great recruiting job. But Atlanta Metro area, so much talent. I think that is the next step for Texas recruiting in the SEC region. They really went at it for Daniel Calhoun. We said this is one of the recruitment Texas should win right now. They came in second um, for Daniel Calhoun, who committed to Georgia. But Tashar Choice is in there fighting. That's the next step for Texas. You know they can recruit Florida now. We know they can recruit Louisiana effectively. Georgia's such a hotbed. My thought on Texas recruiting in Georgia, go south, man. Go south. Savannah, <laughs> those, all those schools in south Georgia have some really good hidden gem talents. Georgia can't take them all. If you get on, on some of those guys early, I think Texas can find some success in south Georgia. That's yeah. why I'm bring that up. No, no, I love it because I, I went I went and did a deep dive. And I, obviously I'm not as knowledgeable as my man Jerry, but I was just curious because DFW was producing so much NFL draftable talent. Um, and it's that goes back to 2020. I try to keep up with it. Um, I went and looked at metro areas that produced the most NFL talent since 2020. I thought DFW would be number one. They're not. Uh, they're producing 12, uh, over 12 players per year from the DFW area. It was actually Atlanta. Atlanta at this point since 2020 is on a 15-player-a-year pace. They're getting 15 players from the metro area of Atlanta drafted per year. That's crazy. That yes. is crazy, man. I, I actually think Unbelievable. If, 
California is no longer a top three state for me in in producing college uh, football players. And they may be by the numbers, but they're not for me uh, doing this nationally for many years. And you can argue Florida, Texas, Georgia is Florida one is Texas Mm -hmm. one. Maybe they bounce back and forth a little bit. Florida has more raw talent, but Georgia, I think those are the three. And so you think about Texas moving to the SEC. They're already recruiting in Florida, but those numbers are going to continue to go up in Georgia because of the population growth in that Atlanta metro area. So Texas just has to keep two feet in there. Keep your footprint in that estate. I still think you start south and work your way up as you win more in the SEC. Great point. Awesome. And if you're an incredible football player and you live in the state of California or Arizona and you want to play in the SEC, that's right. Do you want to go all the way to the SEC or do you want to stop in Texas and live in this pretty uh, awesome place called Austin? Yeah. I mean, so. that's, hey, hey, Ray, it's a great point. Like Jordan Anderson, the receiver at Newport Beach, which is he guys slum it every day. I feel bad for him. Um, he's a receiver, a four star out of Newport Beach uh, Harbor High School, I believe. He's committed to Oregon. Texas has tried to get him on campus in June, the whole month of June for an official visit. He reached back out to Texas recently. I Is it because Oregon's going to the Big Ten? And if you're in Newport Beach, you're like, nah, I don't know about this anymore. Hmm. I think something that watch, is there two, three, four kids in Southern California that don't really like the feel of going up and playing in cold weather, whether it's true or not, you're going to have some games. And the possibility of going three time zones over for your parents' travel. It's much tougher travel, I think, in the Big Ten. I think there's a lot of uh, very uh, easier, cleaner flights to uh, Austin, Texas, uh, from Southern California than some of these Big Ten places. So I think Sark continuing to have a strong footprint in Southern California will continue to pay off over time. We have some. Okay, there's MJ Allen. Yep. So he's just confirming what you said earlier. So, but we also want to appreciate that he's contributing to your beef jerky fund. <laughs> Thank you, MJ Allen. Hey, <laughs> and by the way, so Alabama, this is this is why Texas has a great opportunity, guys. Sixty-seven and two, the last sixty-nine home games. Uh, three of the last four teams that beat Bama in Tuscaloosa and Bryant Denny were Cam Newton, Johnny Menzel, and Joe Burrow. There you go. This is a great opportunity for the Texas Longhorns football program. It's a tall task, but a great opportunity. Yep. The other word would be challenge. Challenge. There you go, Ray. Right. So, I mean, a lot of those uh, 69 other teams had opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan Nelson, I'm not forgetting about Chad yeah. Kelly. But when I think Ole Miss, I'm thinking Kim Dietschy and all those guys in the Tunzels who ended up getting them on probation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I tell those guys. And there's yeah, a Chad certain Kelly. coach who like to have a little fun on the phone. So, <laughs> old, on the company view. phone. Yes. There you go. Hey, uh, Patrick Despain uh, has another – look at this generous super chat. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, so Do other that. than uh, – I'm going to pull out my old man glasses here. Uh, D-O-O-L and Cooley McKinstry – is there a first-round pick on Alabama's roster? I'll, I'll bet there might be, it, yeah, certainly I, I, depending I, I, on the I, year. I think there's a few. So I think Caden Proctor's a left tackle. Not You're not going to think he's there today, but like Kelvin Banks, you can pretty much project it that way. Okay. Tyler Booker, the guard, I'm telling you, covered him at Under Armour camps, Under Armour game. He has a chance to be. I'm not saying he definitely is going to be, but he'll be a second-round guy if not a first-round guy. But where Tyler Booker's really good guys, one, his shoulders are too broad to be on our live stream. But two, 
<laughs> he is a highly intelligent, competitive kid now. I think he he came in, he was a quick learner. So they have three possibilities on the offensive line. J.C. Latham for sure is. D-line's interesting. Um, obviously, Dallas Turner is going to be a first-round pick off the edge. Could a Chris Braswell sneak up with a huge year? We'll see. They have a couple of younger backers, and this kid may not even start, but Jihad Campbell. Let's watch out for him the next couple of years. Had him at an Under Armour camp, saw him at IMG, watched him in the Under Armour game. This dude's 6'3", 225, and if he doesn't run 4'5", flat at the NFL combine, I'll be surprised. He's that level athlete that he could have a decent career at Bama, and then boom, come combine time going the first round. Wide receiver, Rod, I don't – you watch them. I don't – they don't have the four first-round wideouts. They can't no. overwhelm you with talent yeah. right now on offense like they could. We'll see what Justice Haynes does at running back long-term. Yeah. No, I agree with you about the wide receiver. They have guys that will have a shot in the play in the league. Yeah, no question. Yeah. But, yeah, that that one point in time where they had first-round talent at almost every skill position – that mm-hmm. that is not this Bama team. Doesn't yeah. mean they're not a good, they're a damn good Bama team. Uh, they just don't have that you that kind of unique element to them. I want to welcome everyone to the uh, Inside Texas Longhorn Longhorn live stream. My name's Ray Peters, and these folks are nice enough to let me uh, chat with them for a while. Rod Babers, of course, the uh, defensive back, uh, supreme, the technician. Isn't that what you said? There are what, <laughs> disruptors or what would you, what, what's your term for the, the guys that. No, no, I, yeah, you're right. They're, 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 they're yeah, they're, 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 they're ball hawks. They're yeah. disruptors, technicians. I put them in there different piles. Yeah. Like Dion, you know, Dion takes the old stuff out. He said he doesn't have captains anymore. He said he just have leaders and dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, says, and he, he says every dog's not a leader and every leader's not a dog. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no more captains. Yeah, you even got the, it's on the jersey now. It's I see. The jersey now. Yeah, Jerry Hamilton, the hardest working man in show business. That's for sure. And so we're. I'm happy to be a, a part of the team. <laughs> and uh, Matthew Hutchison is our. Uh, we'll get the Polk Casinos thing. Uh, Matthew, I threw you a curveball here. Can we get that uh, inside Texas full screen graphic up, or is that going to be a problem with the uh, super chat being up? So there you go. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Matthew's a really nice guy. I got yeah. a chance to chat with him last He's night. Awesome does a great job and you know what people are saying who the heck is this ray guy chatting at me and manipulating too much time here monopolizing i'm a fan like you guys are i'm university of texas graduate and i joined inside texas several months ago and i just because i appreciated the work done by people like jerry hamilton and bobby burton and eric nyline and joe cook and justin wells and ian boyd and I'm probably leaving some Jake Lange, uh, Coach Irwin, and I'm sure I'm leaving off somebody really prominent, Paul Wadlington, uh, another legend in the business. I'll talk to Paul one day and pick his brain. But uh, we have a, a special going on, the promo code. It's uh, OTF, which means on Texas football. See, I'm pretty smart. I figured out what all the letters <laughs> mean. On Texas football inside Texas, and 23 is the year. How about that? If you forget it, then just remember OTFIT23. It's $1 for two months. You must select a monthly offer. And that's a nice introductory uh, plan there for you. And they uh, keep track of your email addresses. So you can't just sneak on there every two months and try to get the deal. So you might <laughs> want to jump on and, and commit to it. But it's worth it because, uh, again, these guys are, are working really hard. And so you're getting some additional uh, product with the YouTube channel. And that comes at you free. So just uh, it's really an incredible resource. And it's a good way to keep track of. Uh, a lot of the things and i'm again a fan just like all of you who are watching this and 
and go on all the websites. Uh, the media business has changed drastically in the last several years. And so back when uh, certain uh, platforms were the most informative, they're not necessarily that anymore. So guys like Hamilton and uh, Joe Cook, I think is the best beat writer in town. Love Joe and, Cook. You, know, you guys are doing incredible work over there. So come join the, the folks over at Inside Texas. Hey, by and, the way, uh, OT, Fit, OT Fit 23 sounds like a workout I need to get on about yeah, now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I need some help. So. There you go. Hey, and so we got the Patrick's uh, chat. So Polk Casino. Hey, Polk Casino. I'm, uh, one of these days I'm going to have to find out what Polk Casino means. Um, maybe it's a cheap way for you to get advertising for your casino every uh, mm -hmm. few days. But that's smart. You know, this is better than a cameo. If you want to <laughs> do a cameo and talk to Rod Babers or Jerry Hamlin, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks. So this Dang, is a, really? that's a, yeah. a lot, man. I, that's I, a lot I, I checked out your profile. I know what it costs to chat with you and have you send a birthday greeting. <laughs> Here's what you need to do, everybody. You need to get on the super chat thing and then we'll, uh, it's on YouTube. You just play it back for somebody and say, look, they said my name. Just exactly. cost you maybe 10 bucks like Poke Casino. He's going to show casino. this to your girlfriend. There you go. So what do we got here? Hook them thoughts. If we played the freshman wide receivers out of the gate and had them run those DBs and tire them out and get them away from where the ball is going, it's the old uh, rabbit in the track meet theory. <laughs> what do you think there, Rod? You're the technician. You think that's something um, that would work? I, I, well, I do think that, like I said, I, I think Sarks don't throw it. I, I, I don't think the traditional running game is going to work. I, I believe that Sark would like to go in there and play bully ball. I think he's going to have to throw to open up the run. I truly do. And I think he's Sark wants to run RPOs. That's what Quinn does really well. I think he was seven of seven on RPOs in the game versus Rice. Uh, he wants to do that, but but Nick Saban knows that. Nick Saban is very he's very familiar with Sark, with Steve Sarkeesian and his philosophy. And Nick Saban is on the record for being obsessive about how to stop RPOs. And he believes man coverage is the best way to do that. Now that goes both ways. If he's going to play man coverage to stop RPOs, and so he knows that's the best way to neutralize them. Okay, now we're in a chess match within the game. So I know now you're in man coverage. So how can I manipulate that man coverage, right? Can you go with, you know, crossing routes and drag routes and, you know, bunch routes and some man, some man beaters and being able to manipulate that man coverage? I, so I think you, I think Sark's been in his bag all offseason long for this game. Last year, that, um, that Alabama game, I count the amount of personnel packages Sark used. It was eight different personnel packages he used. I mean, it was, it was, it was 11, 12, 30, 11, 12, 21, 20, 23. I mean, it was 30 in there. He did some six O-line package. I mean, he was all in his bag, and it was a beautiful thing. I think we're going to see that actually taken to another level. Yeah, I, I, they've I, been I working on that stuff all summer. Yes, I do. And I think even I think Worthy, said, Worthy said that the other day. He says, we've been you know practicing on, on some stuff. I said, we didn't use that in the game. He goes, yeah, well, you'll use it next week. Yeah, and God, I don't think that's with the run game. I think they they're gonna try to run it. They will, but uh, Jerry, I think they're gonna have a hard time running versus Bama. I, I really too. do. I, I do too. I think, uh, especially without knowing the health of Cedric Baxter, what Cedric Baxter would give you, he's got the best cutback vision of any running back. And anytime you have a back that has that cutback vision, it's a little more dangerous, I think. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the horizontal passing game is gonna act like the running game a lot mm -hmm. of times yep. uh, for Texas to stay ahead of the chains. I think that's definitely what you're going to do. And I think if you have success there, I think that actually might open up the running game as it goes on. But you yes. do have to be a little hard-headed and take your two-yard gains and be able to mm -hmm. live with it as a 
Um, very aggressive play caller. I think that's the toughest thing for a very aggressive play caller to do is live with one and two yard runs. Oh, for Sark it is. You know Sark don't like that. He, he <laughs> I mean, in his career, he's run at fifth, what, 52.5%, pass at 47.5%, yeah. like that. That's true. But he's got to be able to live with one and two yard runs against Bama. That's Coach the Irwin last night, I think, said no matter if they're stopping you early, you got to keep plugging away. That's right. Because yep. you not only wear on them, but obviously you're giving some, you know, they've got to be, they've got to, you know, respect the run at that yep. point. And they got to keep defending it. And then some things will open up. And, uh, and Ray, this, that's uh, a great point because, and what Coach Irwin was talking about for those that watch LSU, FSU, FSU could not run the ball early. Second half. Now they did go to a little different two back set, but. They started, they stuck with it. They stuck with it and they started having more success in the second half. I think that's the way you, in these games where it's knocking helmets off type of talent, I think you have to be patient and almost hard headed a little bit with the run game. Hey, Matthew, let me get you to remove that Texas boy thing for just a second because I want to address that. We'll get to that, but I just wanted to kind of stay on this point because it, it reminds me of a game last year that was one of my least uh, favorite experiences of the season, the, the Texas Christian University game. Oh, God. So early on, we <laughs> attempted some running. It didn't work. We gave it up. And then we just did long shots, long shots, long shots. And then I'm just standing up there in the crowd going, what in the heck's going on? And then we finally, in the second half, started going to Whittington underneath. And that opened things up. We finally had some success in the second half. My fear is that Alabama game is going to look a little bit like that TCU game, kind of a low-slowing slog fest but uh, hopefully if that does happen then we'll start going to that intermediate passing game with Whittington or Sanders or somebody rather than keep doing the deep shot thing but that's just uh, my observation with that because I can see it being a really uh, defensive battle rather than a wide open offensive thing Rob what were your thoughts TCU to now on that, that yeah uh, I, I agree with Ray it was that it is one of the more frustrating games because it was such a big game right and right, if huge. I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, Ray didn't Bijan only have 12 touches in that game Some, and, and zero targets. I want to say that number. So I know he had zero targets. I want to say it was around 12 touches. That I think was also, you know, that for coach, that's a, that's a dang coaching mistake. That's he was the best player on the field for either team. Got to find a way to, to, to scheme that guy open. That's part of Sark's offensive brilliance. You, even though you, everybody knows X-Man's getting the ball. You just don't know how he's getting the ball, but you know Sark's going to get it to him in a creative way. He didn't do that enough with Bijan in that game. That was number one, uh, but then you're so right. So I had an old defensive coach who's always tell me, listen, you can't win the numbers battle everywhere. You got to pick and choose when you win that, when to win that numbers battle. All right, if, you go, if you win the numbers battle at the line of scrimmage, you know you're losing it on the outside in the perimeter. And if you're winning the numbers battle outside in, in the perimeter, in the passing game, well, you're probably losing it. You got a light box on the line of scrimmage. You can't win both numbers. That's, that's why it's 11 guys. It literally, it's impossible. You just right? explained Art Browse offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, there it is. In the show, we're going now. <laughs> that's exactly it, right? It was very rudimentary. But the truth is, that's what explains that TCU game. Sark kind of figured it out too late. He was losing a numbers battle inside. By the way, that's that three high, three down defense, which makes it a little bit tougher to, for the pre-snap read, for the RPO count in the box because they're manipulating the pre-snap and it's a very malleable uh, uh, defense and a very malleable coverage. So I think that also had to do with it. But in the second half, that's when they found out, oh, you know what? We got the numbers advantage outside. We're, we don't have it inside. Mm -hmm. We can't run it, but it's outside. 
And that's what you got to figure out. That's why Jerry said that extension of the running game, the long handouts will probably be those screens to the outside, the wide receiver, the smoke routes, things of that nature. And you got to hope your guys can make plays in space in one-on-ones outside, which I think Texas guys can do. Yeah. And our defense was great that night. Oh, yes, it was. We had no offensive support there. All right, Matthew, a Texas boy with the super chat and Texas boy. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate the folks that are contributing here again. Uh, hey, that beef jerky Jerry likes is you know, that, that loves truck. It ain't stop. cheap. It ain't, it ain't cheap. Those canisters, uh, those canisters of beef jerky have gone up quite a bit in the last. They really years. have. That's inflation yeah, for you. <laughs> so this, I don't know. Is this a leverage thing or what? He wants to. Uh, he sees these big fellas lining up for Bama, and yeah, they're they're pretty impressive looking. So. Um, do you use a Christopher Ross or somebody who the quickest folks to figure out stuff? Now you can't just start running loops around everybody because like you said, you start going up the middle and you run past everything. But is there a uh, philosophy of uh, using size against them? They're too big and maybe immobile if that is indeed the case. Misdirection. I mean, you want to get, get them going. I mean, Sark uses a ton of misdirection uh, in his <laughs> in his offensive schemes with all the pre-snap motions and shifts. Uh, He's talking so, about the Bama O-line, though, Rod, I think. He oh, wants to – yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Oh, sorry, you want the Bama O-line. Um, yeah, he wants to see if there's something that there's a, a defensive philosophy. I guess you can use twisting, twisting stunts to try to get them, you know, going one way and moving, so you can use a lot of twists. Second-level uh, blitzers and second-level pressures bringing guys from the second level. So making them have to adjust, you know, post snap to adjust on the fly and react on the fly. So they're so big. They're that big. They don't, as, as you just said, they probably don't move that well. Maybe they do. Jerry would know. <laughs> That's why they play for Bama and they're five-star guys. Yeah. But I imagine, uh, you know, twists and stunts, get those guys moving and second level pressures probably can maybe use the O-line size against them. That could be a way. Um, blitzing from, you know, very exotic, uh, exotic looks can also kind of confuse the blocking schemes and maybe you can catch them off guard, making them adjust on the fly. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, that's all I can really kind of think of throw out there right now. Okay. Hey, Matthew, we've got some more uh, super chats. So Jerry, the appeals are working, buddy. Look at hey, that 19,000. Is that, yeah, we went over 19,300, man. Thank you wow. to everybody. Tell all your friends, tell all your hook em friends, everybody. Uh, we love delivering all this for you guys, man. Um, somebody said, uh, somebody asked about Alfred Collins. There um, you go. <laughs> so I'll say this. I, I talked to a Nathan O'Neill who trained a lot of the best <laughs> defensive linemen in the country today. Um, he actually has worked with Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy. He, wor he works the Vaughn Miller Pass Rush Summit. Um, he, he, he's worked at the Boses, uh, Clowney, all those guys. He thought Alfred had one of his best games of the Longhorns. Yeah. He, nice. he, thought, he thought Byron Murphy actually may not have. He said Murphy did huh. well. Murphy can play a lot better. He thought Alfred okay. Collins had a really good game. Thought to, and Rice doubled Murphy a lot, and he thought that really opened it up for Devondre Sweat to dominate that game. Uh, so I, that was interesting that he thought Alfred played one of his best games, and, and Nathan will be working with those guys in draft prep in the future, obviously. There was one uh, shot of a Sweat. They did the slow-motion version from behind the play, and it – he like dives in. He looks like a swimmer jumping in the pool. That's an incredible yeah. highlight. So I wish I could remember what play it was. But. I, one time when his when he's done at Texas, I'd love to get him on here and talk to him because he he's gained over a hundred pounds since high school wow. since he committed to Texas. I would love to know what it was like 
as a varsity basketball player, just the way his body felt at 250 pounds to the progression where he's 360 right now. And to still be athletic. I, I, I One day I want to have that conversation with them. Uh, Robert Muhammad, 2025's edge. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I just pulled that up, state of Texas. Look, Chad Woodfork at Summer Creek's coming off a knee injury. He's ranked pretty highly nationally. Um, it's pretty early from a ranking standpoint. Max Granville at Fort Bend Christian. His father played for the Oilers. He was up at Texas for elite camp. He's more of an undersized guy. He's about 205, 210, maybe 215 now. Uh, there's an undersized athletic kid at Shadow Creek, Anthony Williams, Shadow Creek down in Pearland area, Manville areas, loaded. And then Carmelo Brooks is more of a D-lineman long-term. So while D-line interior in the state in 2025, I think is going to be tremendous with Zion Williams at Lufkin being the best, Dylan Battle at Mansfield Timberview where Andre Kojo played. He's very good. Texas would take a commit today from either one of those guys. Edge in-state's going to have to come up a little bit this season. There's going to be some guys out of state Texas is on as well at edge. We have another comment in the super chat, and this is getting a little controversial here. Uh, Ulysses mm-hmm. Lujan, I guess he listened to the herd, and uh, I haven't heard this, but uh, I'm trusting uh, <laughs> Ulysses on this one. And, of course, uh, Colin Cowherd, he's a provocateur. That's what he does. He, he wants to say something that's going to get you to talk. He, that's he made his the job, show. And he's, he's been very successful, <laughs> right? It works. Uh, so, uh, apparently, he said he wouldn't be a top five quarterback in the Pac-12. Quinn wouldn't. Okay, so Pac-12 is loaded, though. If he's counting DJ Ugalele, no, he's wrong. Um, <laughs> that guy's got the longest release, drops it below the water. It's like a clock winding yeah. all day, um, and that's why he's had <laughs> issues. And it showed up in high school. People just watch his highlight tape. But if you went and watched the right tackle in high school. The ball was sprayed all over the place, and it's because he has a wind-up. We don't have a time to But Caleb Williams, tremendous. Washington, Michael Panix, tremendous. Yep. Rising. Great up there, right? Yep. That's two. UCLA. Cam Rising. Who'd you say, Ray? Cam Rising. Coming off ACL. Right. Do what he does this year, right? Um Arizona Who's, State's who? starting a true freshman, Rashada, who may be a first-round pick one day. He is who? A- okay, obviously Sanders at Colorado. Did you already say that one? Shadur at Colorado. So it's interesting. Uh, Bo Nix at Auburn, okay. who's had a very similar career to Quinn early yeah. and has really kind of taken off after he left Auburn and is at Oregon. But we'll see where those guys go in the draft. I mean, look, Quinn has not started. He hasn't started a full college season yet. And I think that's is hard. Probably, for what, eight games? What, what he, is he's, it? he's 10 in now. I think 11. 10, 10 oh, or 11 yeah. in now. He still hasn't started a full college season, Rod. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so I, I know we're hard on these guys at this position, and I think he's got to get better. I think his reactive quickness in the pocket, it may be stepping into the pocket too. I think that stuff's got to improve for him this year long-term in his career, but he hasn't even played a full college season yet. And by the way, neither is Jalen Milrow. It's an experience, inexperienced game at quarterback in Tuscaloosa Saturday, Rod. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, you could see exponential improvement from Quinn this year, considering, like you said, I, I can't think, he didn't even play his last two years in high school, right? Because he had an injury and then right. he his last, Yeah, he missed half, he missed six games his junior year. Then he went to Ohio State to take snaps and practice his senior year. So he hasn't played a full season in what four five four years? Yeah, uh, yeah, four five. So, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think if, 
Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm with Jerry. I think if you actually if he has some con, some con stability and consistency, same system, same coach, uh, you know, obviously same program with the a lot of the same personnel which he's had too. I think you could see a huge leap for him. So I the the the, the growing pains that we've seen and the growing pains we we just saw some of those uh, against Rice too. I don't expect those to continue all season long. I expect him to get gradually better. And then by the end of the season, we're looking back at, you know, game one and going, man, I don't, that's a different Quinn Ewers. I don't even recognize that guy. That mm-hmm. is the hope. And I agree with Jerry. I think there are some things, you know, in the pocket, pocket presence that he needs to work on. Um, I do think that there's some, you know, intense natural spontaneous athleticism um that he lacks at times but i think that's something that will improve with reps he just doesn't have reps at the position and i think he needs more reps playing the position at a really high level um so i i do i expect the improvement and in this game this will be the game to see it um if he does it if texas is going to win this game it'll be because quinn U has had a great game they're not going to win this game if quinn U has has an average to above average game. That's not how you beat Bama in Tuscaloosa. Jerry mm-hmm. already gave you the examples. <laughs> you got to you got to be playing at an elite level when you go in Tuscaloosa. Even was it Chad Kelly or whatever? Chad Kelly, yeah. Even he had a damn good game that game. Even if you're not a transcendent star <laughs> like Joe Burrow or Cam Newton or Johnny Manziel for that season, hopefully that is Quinn. But if you're not, and you're still going to beat Bama that night. You got to be the best version of you that night, and that's what we need from Quinn. Hopefully we get it from Quinn on Saturday. And the offensive line starts it all because they got to, he's got to feel comfortable with the protection he's getting. And I think that's already off to an interesting start. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> we have uh, another uh, super chat that came in from Texas Beats, and I'm glad that my brother has uh, made it into the chat. <laughs> so thank you, bro. We really appreciate you. Uh, but thank you so much, Texas Beats. Not really my brother, because my brother is too cheap to spend five dollars on something <laughs> like this. But I like the new guy, Hook, and we're going to win Saturday, baby. Hey, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate hey, that. I'm a, again, welcome, my name is Ray Peters, as you see in the. Right there, there it is. Uh, <laughs> former sportscaster, newscaster guy from a long time ago, and kind of jumping on this. This is my first time broadcasting. You're doing great. Long, long You're doing great. Fellas, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm, uh, it's, you, uh, hey, very, your background makes me want to shoot hoops and have a Dr. Pepper at the have same time. Dr. Pepper. I, I mentioned earlier on like, that uh, give me the Dr. That's, my NIL, that's my NIL deal, me and Caleb Williams. <laughs> and, um, you know, the big, the first big NIL deal was your boy DJ, DJ Ugalele. Yes. Remember he, 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 yeah. He signed the turn on investment on that one. <laughs> yeah. Because he was the hey. first Dr. Pepper guy that they signed because they expected yeah. him to be the next Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. They and did. then that's their the, investment worked lesson. out a little bit better with, uh, you know, the kid last year from Alabama. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I got my uh, Derek Johnson jersey there. Hey. I'm, yep. I was working in Waco. I'm, I left the sportscasting game before Derek uh, started. Uh, playing high school there, but I knew Johnny Tusa real well. Um, Jerry, you probably run across Johnny oh, Tusa, yeah. maybe, yeah, back in the day. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, I hosted Derek hey. Johnson on his recruiting visit. So, Rod, Rod, Ray led me into the question. I want to know. I, I, you hosted Derek, okay? But here's yeah. what I want. I want Texas fans to know your answer here. Um, you played with Casey Hampton. Mm-hmm. You played with Derek Johnson. We're not Vince was young, so we're not going there, right? Yeah. And you played with Roy Williams, and mm-hmm. you actually win a 
up against Roy Williams. If you had to pick one of those guys, who was the best player that you was at Texas? Oh man, I mean, I always argue. It, it to me, it's Derek or Casey. That's tough. Yeah, I I would have to say Derek or Casey. My only knock against Roy because Roy was a freakish athlete. Man, he was he was freak, unbelievable. Total freak, right? Yeah, and I played with him in the league too with Detroit. Yeah. I I remember when Detroit was they were thinking about drafting him and they asked us. We had some Longhorns up there. Big Sean Rogers was up there. They had to, some other Longhorns up there. My man, Corey Redding. Um, and they were asking guys about Roy Williams, and they had just drafted Charles Rogers. That's right. I want to say, like, the year before they had just drafted Charles that's Rogers. That's it, yeah. And basically all the Texas guys like, man, if you drafted Charles Rogers, wherever, I think top five, wherever you drafted, it was like, then, you, yeah, then Roy, Roy Williams is better than that guy. We'll just say that right now, which he was. Right. He's better than him. He, he's more talented for sure. He was. Uh, so man, Roy was a freak. Uh, and he, I would say, but he, he did score a touchdown in Oklahoma game. I don't think he scored a touchdown in the old Texas OU game. That's that, that's always been a knock mm-hmm. on a man. You're gonna be the goat uh, wide receiver. You gotta gotta score in that game. Uh, but that's my only knock on Roy. I will go. What with- name Roy Williams scored in a Texas OU game? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right one. I was like, that's my only knock on Roy, but that's not all Roy. That's I know Sims and we had, we had, we had some other issues. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go. Oh man, that's tough. Damn, it's tough. It's tough. So here's the deal. Uh, Casey Hampton. To I'm this gonna day, go with Casey Hampton. I'm gonna go with Casey Hampton. So here's the here's here's the thing with Casey to me. Sounds crazy, but I'm gonna do it. He's the most underappreciated great player I've I've ever been around. Yeah, because he had. 100 tackles as a nose guard at the University of Texas in a season. 100 tackles. Like Jerry, He led us in tackles. He led us in tackles twice from the D-tackle position. I, I've never heard of that before. He was a total freak. And here's the thing, and I think Derek, obviously, unbelievable career. That, that's why I asked Rod's opinion. I've never seen a guy play harder snap to snap than Casey Hampton. From high school, the first time I saw him, I think, believe his sophomore year when my dad was scouting against them. The guy played so hard. And that be naturally as strong as he was and had the talent. The guy could stand in the basket and dunk a basketball when he was 280 pounds without, without stepping. Okay. He had the athleticism, but Brod, he played so hard, man. He did. That's what, that's how you lead the team in tackles in back-to-back years from the D-tackle position. That's unbelievable. He did it in two consecutive seasons. I, yeah. I think he had 34 tackles for loss or something stupid and something dumb. It was a crazy number. I mean, yeah. he had 54 tackles for loss a senior year in high school, guys. <laughs> 54 for loss. No, I'm with you, Jay, because I, I listen, Derek Johnson, he, all these guys are freaks. They're all X-Men. They're all superhuman. But I'm with you about Casey. We used to have to pull him out of practice at times because he was just destroyed. We couldn't even get oh, any work done. He right. destroyed a place. You see Mag like, man, take Casey out of there for a couple of plays. <laughs> some work done around here. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, man. Casey was a, an absolute monster. I remember we had Casey and Big Sean Rogers. On my fir- when I first started, that was on my D-line. I was the luckiest sophomore DB that never got a chance to start at Texas, in my yeah. opinion, because Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers on my D-line, man, you had two and a half seconds. That's all I had to cover for. I knew my time clock was like <laughs> two and a half seconds, baby. That's all I got to jam you for, because after that, Casey Hampton is in awesome. your grill. <laughs> Rod, Rod, let me into the next question real quick, Ray. Sure. I know we got to go here in about four or five minutes. I don't think one of the things we talk about with quarterbacks is go through your progressions, go through your progressions. We talked about this last night, but I wanted to bring it up again. 
Um, uh, somebody said, I just clicked in the Casey Hampton commit to Texas. Uh, not again, but he probably would. Um, <laughs> I definitely Louisiana would. Junior. We'll we'll give him a scholarship. <laughs> uh, so most people we talk about, you know, Qu- Quinn's got to go through his progressions. I see this as a two progression game. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to have time to sit there and pat the ball and really work through your progressions. So I think Sark's got to scheme it up, and I think Quinn's clock in his head's got to be ready to roll Saturday, and you got to move from one to two and get the ball out. Um, and I think it could be the same for Milrow, honestly. I think it's maybe a two-progression two game. Now, Milrow's deep balls against you, MTSU. He's sitting there patting the ball, patting the ball, ordering pizza. I don't think he gets to do that at Texas. If he if, 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 if he's in the pocket against Texas doing that, something's going wrong. Yeah, and I agree with you because I actually said the same thing. I wonder if Tommy Reese was, was going to tell him, hey, man, one read, two read, run. Just get, get out of Dodge. You know what I mean? It's scramble and get what you can because he knows Texas is one of the better pressure units in the country. You're not going to have a ton of time back there anyway. Uh, and we'd rather you kind of as a fail safe, we'll bake, almost bake into the game plan your legs. So Texas will constantly have to assign and allocate resources to, to, to neutralize your legs, uh, whatever defense or coverage they're going, they're going to play. They got to, they got to account for your legs in it. And I think they want to do that to Texas. Uh, also, to your point about, you know, the high percentage passing game, screen game was really effective uh, versus rising. Uh, Quinn was six of six on the screens. He was seven to seven on the RPOs. He was really good. Six of nine when throwing the ball short. I'm with you. I think they get the ball out of Quinn's hands really quickly. And I think Sark's been scheming open, uh, scheming up ways to get guys open all offseason. I think we're going to see some really funky, exotic formations we have not seen from Sark all intended to attack the safeties, and the linebackers. He, The corners are the strengths of Alabama's secondary. Mm-hmm. Those two guys come back. Kool-Aid McKinstry, All-American. Was it Terrian Arnold, I believe is his yep, name? Terrian Arnold. Yeah, the corner. But yep. they got was it Malachi Morris dealing potentially with an injury. Jaden yep. King dealing with a potential injury. They do have a an all-world freshman back there in Caleb Downs. But he's still he a freshman. He's still, exactly. He's still, he's still mm-hmm. a freshman. He ain't seen everything. So I think Sark's going to attack them safeties. And those sub, you know, kind of the, the DBs who are inside, whether they be nickels or dimes or safeties, whatever it may be, and he's going to attack them linebackers. The corners will get through this, and I want to know if the corners are going to travel and shadow X-Men. That'll be important. And I think Sark can find it out early by just going empty, putting uh, 11 personnel out there, go empty, put JT Sanders out at the number one receiver close to the sideline, put uh, the running back out, the other receiver close to the sideline, Put your receivers, A.D. Mitchell, X-Man, Jay Witt, inside in the slots and see if those corners travel. If they don't, glory, hallelujah. That's Let's right. go to work. Yeah. If they <laughs> do if they do travel, okay, well, now you know. Now you know they're going to travel. You know that actually, I can say as a cornerback, that violates the structural integrity of a defense. Now we can make them try to run fit. Now we can do all types of funky stuff, getting bunch formations. We can move the receivers around, see if they can they go in motion with the guys, targets to motion. So either way, you, you can, you know, you can manipulate matchups and exploit things. So I think Sark will find that out early on. Great points. And that's why he's a Texas jersey behind him. There you go. Hey, uh, Matthew, let's put up uh, Robert Muhammad's uh, super chat, if you don't mind here. I I know that we addressed this earlier today. I don't know if it was during this evening uh, stream or the morning, but uh, yeah, you never do this, do you, Jerry? Well, we don't want Charlie Strong to answer this question first. (laughs) But second, this is not a super chat for Charlie. Uh, Second, you definitely defer. Uh, You defer on the road. 
first of all, in a hostile environment. But I think everybody's pretty much deferring nowadays, especially in a mono mono game. Um, I think it's more of a possession game, uh, and you're trying to steal possessions, as Bobby Burton said, but definitely defer. I, don't, I would not want to trot my offense out in that raucous environment to start. Great sure. point. Great point. And we didn't talk about that, but coach brought it up yesterday. We had a great question about it. Communication going to be key. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hostile communication that with unspoken, nonverbal communication on the offensive line. So that everybody's on the same page, seeing everything, those nonverbal checks and audibles between the receivers and the quarterbacks, that stuff has got to be crisp because you know you got Sark's got a lot of pre-snap movement shifts and motion in his offense and a lot of that requires you know a lot of communication non-verbal you got to make sure that stuff is on point because you're not gonna be able to hear a damn thing in there nobody and you're gonna be able to hear the guy next to you and he's gonna be loud in there hey rod did you hear kelvin banks uh interview session earlier this week I don't it was know if you great to that I heard but it was amazing. Every answer was communication. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Mr. Bianco got to him or his coaches or what, but he you could tell those guys are really well schooled because they don't they didn't give him any uh oh no board material. That sounds like that was Kyle Flood to me, like, hey yeah. guys, you know what we screwed up in that game? Communication. You know how we're gonna fix yeah. it? Communication. communication. And what we got here <laughs> is a failure to communicate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, cool hand rod. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. yeah, I know I'm old enough to know all my old movie references. Hey, hey, there you go. I appreciate hey, that. Let's let Jerry, the recruiting expert. Uh, I don't know that this is true, is it? You know, I was just thinking about that. I, I, I remember him being around 50th, it, it, the early, early rankings. They don't really assign a lot of five stars. But I, I when I went through um, to see Neto, Chad Morris was actually the head coach at the time at Allen that year before he got back in the college game. And that staff was kind of saying, we think he might be a top 50 kid in the country. And I think he was kind of rated that way to start. I think his physical development's been a little slower than expected. Um, he, you know, he hung in that 210, 215 range um, for a long time. Now he's creeping closer to 230, 225, 230. So I think his physical development's been a little slower than people expected it to be. Um, and, and that's one thing. But he's also, look, he's not a kid. He hasn't put up monster stats. I think he's more of a guy that's got to develop like on an Ethan Burke time frame, physically and technique-wise as a pass rusher. Um, I think that's going to take him some time. Uh, but he hasn't put up dominant stats. He hasn't really gone to the camps and put up dominant combine numbers. So he's one of those guys that I think best football is way out in front of him. But I think one th the thing about that is, is when you play on a varsity as a freshman start of 5A, 6A, uh, level program and you're already a really good prospect and people know who you are you start from a really good spot in the rankings sure. hey uh, matthew before we head out of here let's put up that uh on texas football inside texas 23 promo code again if you don't mind thank you very much again we're sponsored by two entities tonight uh, inside texas we want you to go over there and Join, you get uh, two months for just a buck. You must select a monthly offer. Use the code OTFIT23. And then we're also uh, sponsored tonight by the Jerry Hamilton uh, Beef Jerky Fund. So uh, there you go. Bomb City Blue Jay. Oh, yeah. We got to get to this. We got to get to this. Uh-oh. So let's All get right. to that. Uh, Matthew's okay. going to put it up for us. Before it ends, Jerry, I'm born in 05. How good was Rod Babers. Okay, so oh, I'm going to tell a story here. I, 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 and this started with Joe Walker, Cedric Cormier, 
Oh, yeah. I think Adam Dunn may have showed up one day. I, guys, I, I I was talking to guys in recruiting, covering recruiting, and I can't remember. Seth Cormier one day was like, man, I saw anybody throw me the ball. And I look, I'm a coach's kid. I, I, one thing I could do is throw the football around a little bit, even though I, I love <laughs> basketball. And I said, all right, well, I'll meet you at North Shore. Let's work out. <laughs> and so then Joe Walker shows up. Then guys start showing up on Sundays, and we end up with a workout. Okay. Well, that carried over the rod. Yep. And Jerome Sapp and Jarrell Myers, who went to LSU. Yeah. And when I knew Rod was really good, was when Jarrell Myers couldn't get open and I couldn't get the ball out of my hand. That's when I knew how good Rod was. I, I, I was like, I, what am I going to throw it in the ground next down? I can't do anything <laughs> with this. Rod, Rod was a, you know how some guys can stay attached naturally? Rod could stay attached. I was sticky. Yeah. I, that's why I call myself the technician. I, the technician. I, do a lot. Well, I was not a great natural football player. But I love Dion, and I studied the cornerback position and how to oh, cover. Nice. And I could cover. That's one thing I knew I could do. And that's why I got recruited by Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden didn't recruit corners who were 5'8". Right. I mean, I was 5'8", mm -hmm. but I could cover. I could <laughs> cover. And that, that was my one true skill. When I came to Texas, thank God, you know, we didn't play a lot of uh, zone cover. We played a lot of man. Bump and run is what uh, Carl Boris wanted to play. And we did that probably 75, 80% of the time. We were playing bump and run man coverage. And everybody knew it, but we were so good at it, it didn't matter. You didn't still didn't get open. And, and the, best, you the, best, the best thing I can say about a fast guy is they roll out of bed and run 4-4 in the morning. Rod could <laughs> roll out of bed, not stretch, and go run 4-4 in the morning to start his day. Now it's when, you were, when you were 208? Now. Yeah, no, no, no. I was probably that's I, I was probably 202, 203. Like I was, you know, I I gained a lot of weight like that yeah. freshman year. By the end of it, I was I remember having to lose weight and coach and coach saying, Hey man, you need to lose about 10 pounds. You're pretty thick. And I was like, I gained it because I was playing nickel in the Big 12 when Nebraska was still running the triple option. Hey, Rod, somebody <laughs> that Bull Reese wanted you to mug. Yeah, exactly. He's putting me down in the Nebraska game going, Babers, <laughs> set the edge now. Set the edge. I'm going to set the edge. Pulling, set the edge. Pulling Dominique Rayola at me. I'm like, well, well, set the edge. That dude's coming right wow. at me. Yeah. That was my freshman year. So that's why your boy gained a lot of weight. I, I wasn't taking no chances. I was covering tight ends. I, that was the remember, that was before the air raid took over in the Big 12. The air raid came in like 90, what, 99, 2000. That's when Mike Leach came. So they was they were still running power football back then, man. I was basically a linebacker. <laughs> well, I know people are used to this thing ending at 8 p.m. or after that, but uh we've actually been live. I'm looking at the clock here. An hour and 49 minutes plus. So yeah, so is, you want me to uh, recap, Ray? Uh, Ray? Like, Zena, sure. Zena Mayazulu committed. I don't say the last name right. I know I get it. Um, it committed so the Mayor Texas. Zulu, I think, yeah. I think that's what it is. There you go. Committed the Texas over A&M in Oklahoma right around 6, 10 p.m. tonight at Allen High School with his brother, who's going to be a walk-on uh, player at Texas, and his mom and dad next to him. He committed in his brother's uh, jersey. Uh, that's uh, commitment 17 for Texas. Texas moves up to number 16 in the on-three class rankings. Uh, next guys up, we'll see uh, Kobe Black, Ryan Wingo, Brandon Baker, Josh Lair, the walking hit stick, the safety out of Fort Bend Marshall, is going to commit on September 24th after he goes and visits Washington. Uh, Texas has some decisions coming up here. They're still in on their battle on Wardell Mack committed to Florida. They're not going to give up on Dominic McKinley. There will be two other, three other guys they continue to fight for in this class. I still expect the number to hit around 23 at the end of the day. I think Texas will sign their third straight top 10 class. Will it be a top five class? The five-star guys are going to decide that.
Awesome. Yeah. Jerry, I really appreciate it. Appreciate everything. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you. Great, great job, man. People yeah, in the yeah. comments are saying you were funny. There's not, there's nothing better they can say than that. Wow. <laughs> funny looking or. Well, I didn't know. I didn't ask for specifics, right? You didn't want to go too, too deep to on that question, huh? <laughs> hey, man, I really appreciate it. You guys have been uh, very nice uh, to me and kind and, and helping me navigate it. And I'm glad Matthew's behind the scenes because he knows how to turn this thing off because I don't. Otherwise, I'll just be sitting here on camera for the next 24 hours or at least the next 12 until Blake Monroe shows up. Yeah. And I, hey, the other day, uh, Aaron Hogan was on and people were yeah. like, why is this guy on here? Where's my sweet Blake? <laughs> and I people are gonna be, they're going to be saying the same thing about me. Like, where the heck's Blake? We're growing, we we're growing the family, guys. man. We're growing the family. Beloved, yeah, Blake looks like the kid you want your daughter to marry and your son to be, right? Okay. All American <laughs> there you boy. go. There you go. Well, thanks, everybody. I really appreciate that. This has been Inside Texas on Texas Football Longhorn live stream with Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton. Hey, brought us flashed up that, that hook in there. Jerry's too much of a journalist. No, 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 no. I, I oh, got you, you got it. I got you. Hey, everybody, I, I really that. appreciate it. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for the super chats. And uh, if uh, Bobby Burton lets me back, maybe I'll see you next week. So thanks, everybody. We'll see we'll you, see next, you week. next week, Ray. <laughs> hey, thanks. See you, Ray. Take care. Bye-bye.